0: Legacy is more, where we talk about uplifting one another, it's a reminder that we are powerful, we are enough, and that we can make a difference and we will overcome. We're gonna share and provide resources about what change in our community looks like. It's conversations that we aren't having enough and showing one another that there are Black adults and other people of color like yourself that are thriving in the corporate world. Too many times we're the only person of color in a meeting or an office room, and we know how that can weigh on a person. So that's why we're here, to uplift and encourage. It's a reminder that you're not alone. Legacy is more, episode three. I'm here with Josh Liggins, a rising star in the restaurant industry, um, currently the franchise development manager for Salad Works. Previously, yes, Qdoba, Quiznos, he's been around the block. Josh, I know we're going to hit a, a lot of things today. Um, no doubt. So So can you quickly break it down for... What is a franchise development manager, and like how you doing?
1: Got it, got it. Yes. Yeah. So, a franchise development manager, in short, sells franchise agreements. Um, but what is a franchise agreement, right? So, when a person creates a restaurant or has a restaurant, and uh, they open up their stores, it's it's a corporate location. It's a company location. It's personally owned. Uh, if their model is well, they'll expand and get a couple more locations. And those are all personally owned, company owned. But when they get to a point where they're so successful and they have their model down uh, so well that they, they have the blueprint to you know, running this thing anywhere, what they'll do is franchise it out. And that means that instead of you using your own money to expand more locations, other rich people use their money to expand your locations. And then you receive a royalty from that, you know, 6%, 7%, whatever. My job is to find those rich people and uh, tell them why <laughs> Salad Works is the restaurant to go with. And as they're sending over all of their money to get a Salad Works, a portion of that money comes over to me. And so we're yeah. doing really well this year, man. We started the year uh, with less than 100 locations. We have 100 now we've opened up. 22 locations this year might even, and this is during a pandemic. Uh, we'll probably open up another, I kid you not, 80 locations before this year is over, man. And so things have been going like wildfire. Everybody wants to be in a healthy space. It's that Instagram generation, you know, my generation. We all ate pizza and tacos. These kids are eating salads, <laughs> wanting, to, wanting to look good on the gram and on the on TikTok and Twitter. So it's, uh, it's, it's serving me really well.
0: All right, Josh. So gave you the good intro, man. Let's, let's go ahead and jump right into it. Let's do it. Um, and we're, we're living in what everyone <laughs> likes to call unprecedented times, right? And I think if I hear that again, I might throw up. <laughs> um, but the reality of that, what it really means to a lot of people is like, hey, they're back on the job market. They may have lost their jobs. And as you and I both know, the restaurant industry can be really fickle. And I know you've dealt with a couple of company layoffs in the last few years, like, right, But here you are on your feet, man. So what have you done to bounce back and to continue to put yourself in good positions?
1: Yeah, man, I think the first part is be good at what you do. You know, um, try to be excellent at everything you do. Kind of take that mamba mentality. You talk about getting better every day. Uh, the better you are, the more likely that, that somebody wants to pick you up. You know, um, <clears throat> if you're really not that good at what you do, you better hope for a strong economy where everybody, you know, has to be hiring people just to fill slots. But uh when things get tight, man, you know, being athletes, you get at the higher level that you go to in sports, the better you have to be. And that's kind of where things are at from a job market standpoint. You know, you have to have some wisdom in uh what field you're going into and and have some foresight and what it is you're doing. You know, if you're if you were trying to work at Blockbuster uh before and and thinking that career is going to continue it's not so having some foresight in a market but really being good at what you do man um staying relevant too you know staying relevant in your field uh adding as many different skills as you can is important you know i used to
0: let me cut you off real quick because i think i think you might have been able to to expand on it but i think that's important okay that's staying relevant in your field um and, yeah. and adding different skills. So people think, hey, I was good at my job. I was hitting my quota. But like that, that quota's that's a that's a last quarter. We're on the next quarter, right? So like what's that right. mean to stay relevant and to continue to add stuff to your skill set? And
1: and things change, man. I used to recruit for developers, you know, so uh, people in the in the coding space. And there were people that were dynamite coding in C. Which used to be the hot language you know coming you know into the nineties, that's not relevant anymore, you know if you're not coding in Python, if you're not writing in in uh React Native or something like that, nobody wants you unless it's some very old company that that has old software that needs somebody that does that, but that's gonna be very rare so i think uh I think being relevant is a big deal, but I tell you this man. I think what's probably the biggest deal is how you treat people, man, and how you network. A lot of people don't know that, you know, 80% of the jobs that people hire for are off of referrals. So the people that you're working with right now, you're actually interviewing for potentially your next position. And so, you know, how diligent you are, you know, how excellent you are on, on projects, you know, are you on time? Do you work well with others? Do people like engaging with you? And even if they don't like engaging with you, do they respect the work that you do and see the value in it? You know, all of those things are important. So I I would say that's probably the biggest one for me. But the other two, I have to give, I have to give credit to is keeping track of your success. I know the young lady a couple, uh, a couple episodes ago, spoke to, you know, document those things. If you accomplish some goal, you know, if you finish some project, well, if you exceeded a quota, write that stuff down. Mm-hmm. And it's relevant because when you go to that next interview, they're going to ask you some of those questions. And if you have them right there and you can run them off, then people are like, oh, okay. You know, this person's about their stuff. This is a high quality candidate versus somebody that, you know, gets lost in, well, what have I accomplished? I, I know I've done well. I know, you know, I've, I've done good at this. So I, keeping that and then adding that into your resume and then putting that on LinkedIn. Actually let's hit, let's hit the resume stand. There's there's a ton of things, man. I'll tell you this. I went from teaching, you know, for 4 years and then left and went into the restaurant industry with Quiznos. That led to another position with Qdoba and now with Saladworks and so I get you know, the ebb and flows. And I've, I've learned a lot in this process. It wasn't like I just, you know, left one job and jumped into another. I learned a lot. You know, resumes, people tell you that resumes are important. Those things are, are everything when it comes to getting into the, an interview. And I'll, I'll say it this way. The way that recruiters are set up right now, they don't even look at your resume to start. It actually goes through a software that filters you out. So you could be an excellent candidate, but if you don't have that resume locked up, you're never going to be seen by a person to even consider having you in. And so one of the tools I learned from a good friend of mine, Seth Mangasarian, out of uh, South Florida, Nova Southeastern University, shout out to them. Okay, give um, me a good plug there, I like that. Got to, got to. <laughs> um, one of the things he taught me is take the job description that you're going for, and then plug those keywords into your resume when you're applying to that job. So if they use the word, you know, networking; if they use quota; if they use use, you know, uh, interdepartmental uh, uh, project versus cross-functional project, whatever language they're using in there, use that in your resume, and then submit it. And I would do that for any position that you're applying for and then i would use linkedin premium shout out to linkedin linkedin plug to them one click apply is as good as <laughs> is as good as one click buy on amazon i prefer oh, yeah. the one click apply my wife prefers one click buy but yeah. yeah man i i think that utilizing all of those man but more than anything is the referrals treat people well do your job with excellence and treat people well man and people will look out for you on the next round
0: Man, that you know what's what's really interesting about that. I, I've heard it said before, like what you do every day is your interview for your next your next role, right? So like, certainly. What I think people forget is that everybody moves around, especially in twenty twenty. Like certainly, they, they, the thing is to find your next job and figure out how you can grow. So, um, a lot of people put stock into who are they working with externally, like making sure they treat their clients right, but they're not bringing that same energy every day into the office with Joe who sits next to them. And the next thing you know, five years down the road. Joe's a director, or wherever you're trying to go. And yeah, you know, it's real easy to pick up the phone and say, Hey, Joe, man, I'm looking at this project manager role on your team. Can you put a word in for me? But if you didn't put that time into not just doing your job really well, but putting the effort into making those relationships, you're killing yourself, man. So killing,
1: absolutely killing yourself, man. Any and anything you can do to network just with the Joe that you work with, get to the trade shows, man. Um, and when you go to a trade show or any function like that, hang out at the bar, you know, don't just go to the event and, and go to bed afterwards, get to know people, swap phone numbers, man, tell stories, all those things count. When I left, uh, my last job with Qdoba, you know, I knew nothing of salad works. I had nothing but referrals shooting out for me to dozens of different companies. And it so happened I, I looked up and landed here because this, this has been really great. But uh, it wasn't from you know the resume at that point. It wasn't from LinkedIn. It was from referrals, man. So do your job well. And like you said, when, when Joe gets that director or VP position and he knows that your light's out and he's gonna be under the gun from the CEO, he's gonna wanna bring you over because he knows how good you are at what you do. So be excellent. Don't just be you know, homeboys and then you're yeah. garbage at what you do. Because Joe will know that. they're like, yeah, man, we're cool. We can hang out. But I'm, I'm not basing my, uh, <laughs> my review on, on your efforts. So be excellent at what you do and that work, man. And it all handles itself.
0: And you know what else, man, that's real true? If you're not excellent at what you do and people are sticking their neck out for you, I, I can speak to a few people that I put down on, on new roles um, out of respect for our relationship but maybe not out of respect for the role they've done and it wasn't the best reflection on me and so like right not only did I feel some type of way about that person I'm now saying man I've now burned a burned a bridge potentially with somebody else by putting them on with somebody that's not that great so like right right got, it, that comes full circle um for sure it's something something I think is unique is we're always told like okay I went to school for marketing I gotta get a marketing job or I shouldn't apply for that because like I, I don't have the relevant experience. Yeah. Can you just can you walk us through, man, you said you were teaching. Now you're in the restaurant industry. If you knew what you knew now about the restaurant industry, would you have been teaching for so long? Or like you walk us through what that's
1: like, man. Never. I never would have <laughs> I never would have taught a day. And <laughs> and I'm actually glad it happened that way because I made some some great friends uh and, and got to coach some kids and you know, the relationships that I built there, man. I'd never want to replace, but from an income standpoint, I don't know if you guys know what teachers in South Florida are making, you know, there, you know, I would have never even considered applying, you know, if I knew (laughs) the opportunities that were available, you know, in the, in the restaurant segment. And so, you know, it's, it's about being able to, when you're, when you're going from market to market, it's really about being able to sell, to sell yourself, to market yourself. You know and to and to show your value you know I was convinced that if I could keep the attention of you know eleven and twelve grade or eleven and twelve year old boys and girls at a public school and teach them the Pythagorean theorem and have them you know uh responding to all these math equations, if I could do that, I could certainly sell a restaurant to a rich guy that wanted to make money like i that's that's the approach I took. And I walked into the interview with that confidence. I'm like, yo, I know some of you have middle school kids. And if you don't have middle school kids now, you've had middle school kids that are now graduating. You know how tough that is. And so if I can connect with them and I can connect with their parents and I'm able to hit goals in that arena, you know, what could I do in your arena? And so although you know my background wasn't relevant, I took all of the skills that I used from there. So. I need to be able to connect with different cultures well i've done that i've had students from the middle east i've had students from europe i've had students from you know south america i have students from the backwoods of georgia to you know from new Mm -hmm. york so i've been able to connect with all of them and connect with their parents so now if your job requires me to be able to connect and engage with people i have that skill set and so i utilize all of the different things from my past and I just sold the vision you know to the uh to the hiring manager and uh thank God they they picked me up and I got to get out of education and you know <laughs> provide a little bit more for for my wife and kids so
0: a a big as a big part of what you're doing now um is it just really being personable like what what does it take to be successful in your field
1: certainly man certainly it takes being responsible uh, you know, keeping up with your tasks, being diligent every day, but a big part of it is being able to communicate with people. You know, and sell a vision and see. in when you're talking about restaurants, particularly in franchising, most of the people that we're dealing with are retired executives of sort, and they're putting their life savings into a franchise because they want to have ownership of something that they'll be able to pass down to their children and such. And it's really about connecting with you and believing in you and so it's you know it's it's funny man from a skill set standpoint none of that requires a degree you know from a skill set standpoint none of that requires you know you getting your undergrad or you know being honors or any of those things it's how well you can connect with people and it was so funny to me when i first got into the industry and i realized what it took to be successful you go to these trade shows and you got three or four minutes to talk to somebody and you look at some of the other groups over there they're like you know biting their tongue they're a little nervous not knowing how to engage i'm like yo, i've been doing this all my life like this is you know i know there's a lot of black people that that watch this podcast black people would thrive in this industry and i told my my hiring manager i said man I, I, I'm concerned about my job security and they said why I said because all the black dudes I came up with can do this job that you're asking me and it paid <laughs> very well you know I was like and if they knew it man it'd be a lot of competition. they're probably a little better at it than you know than I am you know all of my cousins all of my family this is what we do we talk to people we engage with people we're from a neighborhood where somebody's walking down the street we wave to you. We'll start talking to you about whatever. Hey, did you see the such and such? Did you see the game? How's your kids doing? Hey, let it like your outfit. And we'll just spar up a conversation. My wife, it drives her crazy because she's like, you've never met a stranger. I haven't. I feel like everybody I meet has some sort of a story that I'm interested in. And we just start engaging and talking. And the next thing you know, we're best friends. Yo, that skill set that most of the people watching this right now have, is what it takes to be successful in a restaurant sales industry. Obviously you have to understand numbers. You gotta understand the language. So if somebody says, what are your AUVs? You can't be you know, going to look in a dictionary to figure out what AUVs are. You know, understanding your average unit volumes. What are your stores doing? You know, understanding the FDD, you know, understanding line item 19 and the financials and that. But all of those things could be taught within a month or so, like you could mm-hmm. get really comfortable with that. What can't be taught is the comfortability to engage with people. And so, you know, in our industry, I I really wish, you know, and I know the the focus on legacy is more, you know, it's really, you know, exposing some of these opportunities, particularly, you know, in the black community. Yo, apply for those jobs, man. Those those opportunities are there, and they pay extremely well. So.
0: Yeah. And you know, that, that brings me to a, to a good point, right? Like you're saying this is a natural skill set that people could thrive in. That's paying extremely well. I mean, you could be looking at North of six figures, but nobody knows about it. Right. None of us are doing it.
1: Easily North of six figures. Yeah. Without question, North of six figures, unless you just have some crappy restaurant that nobody wants to buy. And that's not really on you. If you're in anything that's reputable, easily north of six figures. And it's, 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 yeah, when you're talking about culturally natural to us, without question, man, I actually had to rein myself in some to make sure that I was talking to enough people, because we'll just jump into a conversation, you know, now we're talking for a half hour with somebody, yeah. and there's, there is a, a science to making sure you speak with enough individuals, but the ability to connect with folks and, and make them feel like, hey, they're your best friend within five minutes, I think that is just something that is culturally natural to us. And that's not to say that other groups don't have that as well, you know, or, or individuals in those groups don't have that as well. I'm just saying, you know, in the black community, you can bank on us being able to dance, you can bank on athleticism, uh you, you won't bank on swimming particularly with me but as far as connecting with other people bro and talking and having conversation yo we have a lock on that that's what that's what we do and so in the restaurant industry particularly most things in sales man look professional show up on time and be you and there's a lot of money out there just uh just waiting for it to take it and here's the other thing man people want to hire Black people today, I, and, and, and I know, you know, historically, that may not have been the case. Well, not may not have been. That has not been the case historically. But as far as how things are going today and the opportunities that are available to us today, man, people are looking for, you know, Black men and women to step into these certain roles. So I'm saying apply, network, be yourself, and turn, and turn that company out, man.
0: Yeah. Um, no, that that's true, man. And, <clears throat> you know, it's funny you talking about like just the natural that like, the natural talent that comes with it and how you're doing pretty well for yourself. And, and it makes me think about, man, I, I was I'm in the Big Brothers Big Sisters program and my little brother, all he wants to do is talk about how he's going to get a Lambo. He doesn't know. He doesn't know why. <laughs> but he just knows he wants the Lambo because he saw it in the music video. And I will ask him, like, well, what do you want it for? How are you going to get it? That's because he's not
1: balancing a checkbook. He's like, I don't really care about that
0: Lambo anymore. He's definitely not balancing a checkbook. But, you know, he'll say funny things like, oh, well, I'm going to go to the NBA or I'm going to rap. But the reason that's funny is, like, if if he had a natural passion for one of those things and that's just what it was. But, yeah. no, man, He when we want to hang out, it's I hardly get him to go play ball. He just wants to go hang out and play video games or whatever. Right. So it's not. it's not that that's why he's saying that. It's just, like, that's where the perception of – Hey, if I want to make it big, I got to be an entertainer. I got to play sports. Yeah. Like, what what do we have to do, man, to to change the perception of of these jobs and to let people know that there is a desirable way to live? Um, you know, in yeah. the restaurant industry and some roles like that.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's twofold, right? It's the <clears throat> it's the celebrity side of it that you know it it doesn't matter if you're coming out of harlem or if you're coming out of beverly hills if you're a eight-year-old boy you want to play an nba you know you want to play yes. football you want to play basketball you want to you know be a rapper or some singer or something like that yeah. so there's there's the celebrity side of that where we all look up to those people and want to be them you know there's kids in india right now that want to be lebron james legitimately like they and they and they're believing that they can be. Um, I don't want to diminish people's dreams, but you know, there there'll probably be a, not be another LeBron James. You know, so your likelihood of doing that is slim. Where the difference comes in, where I think for our community and some of these other communities, as as those dreams get further and further away, they have other opportunities and people that they look up to. So they have the connection of you know their dad was a dentist. They have the connection of. You know, their brother or uncle is an engineer. They have a lot of these role models that are in their community, that are in their parents' network, whether it be their fraternities or, you know, whatever it may be, that they have other avenues to look at. And then they have networking inside of that where they can then get those jobs and get those opportunities and grow into, yeah, man, I, did, they, did they grow up wanting to be, you know, a VP of a tech company? Probably not. But when they realized that they weren't going to be Alex Rodriguez, that opportunity was there for them. And there was a, there was, you know, a plan to get there. In our community, after you realize that you're not going to be in the NBA or going to be in the NFL or be a rapper. And some people just, since the other two didn't, didn't fly, they commit to rapper the rest of their life. They're like 50 years old now, still trying to, Drop a mixtape. I'm like, bro, that's over. Like, I don't know if you're trying to start something new, but that that whole wave, nobody wants to see you rapping. <clears throat> um, but the other opportunities aren't really there, and so it ends up you have to go, whether military, you know, what's common, or maybe work at some sort of a factory, or if you really want big money, that's when it turns into the drug life and the street life, and you see. Uh, that rolling
0: you know actually, man, I want to jump into something you just hit on when you're talking about like you know different cultures and they their parents being a dentist or a vP of of whatnot <clears throat> and them being able to to use that like i I read something the other day that blew my mind, but at the same time it really didn't, and it was Denzel Washington's son, I think his name is John David or something like that. maybe it's David, but instead of putting John Washington, he was putting John David on his resume to act because he didn't want people to know he was Denzel Washington's son because he wanted to get it on his own. And I'm just sitting here thinking, bro, why would you make it harder on yourself? Well, I know why, because like that's whatever reason we want to get it out the mud. We want to say, I got it on our own. But what we don't realize, man, is a million dollars is a million dollars. Any way you slice it, it doesn't matter if somebody handed it to you, if you went and got it, like we are the only culture that I know of, that ha- takes so much pride in being able to say, like, I don't want any handoffs. And I say that yeah. because I was one of them. You know, I was yeah. like, I don't want to use my dad's name. But if I could take those two, three years back of me being stupid and have <laughs> accelerated my career, man, what would I be right now? And it's just right. like, what yeah, bro. is it? What is it about us, man?
1: You you said the key word, man, is pride. And it's how we, you know, it's a cultural problem, man, you know, that that we look at each other differently based upon how success was gained. And again, people, people of other cultures do similar to some folks, you know, oh, you know, that kid was given a silver spoon. Silver spoon didn't come from us. That term was already around. However, those groups get over it quick. <laughs> we we like living it. We like, no, nah, no, nah, they ain't gonna be saying I got a silver spoon. Yo, I'll take a diamond crusted platinum spoon if I can have it. <laughs> There's no question about it, man. So yeah, it's a, it's a total pride thing, man, and it it gets you no extra points. None. You know, it doesn't help advance you in your career at all. And it's and it's for what, man? It's it's all for pride. And the same thing even happens when we're talking about networking and going for new jobs, bro. People don't want to let you know they were laid off. It's like folks have a whole network that you could be utilizing, and you want to sit back quiet, like, nah, man, nah, I'm good. Yeah, we good while you stressing over here, applying for jobs, stressed out, not knowing, you know, where your next uh, uh, gig is going to come from. Network. Tell everybody, hey, man, you know, got laid off, looking for my next situation. Let me know what you have. Put your resume out there. Network with people. You know, one of my <clears throat> favorite guys to listen to, Gary V, Gary Vanderchuck, yeah. And he talks about how successful people would be if they would stop caring what other people thought about how they got there or about what it was they were doing. If it's something that you like, go for it. If it's something don't do things because it's what other people like and don't push for things. You know, we got people that are, you know, buying, you know, expensive cars and things to try to, how do they say people are buying stuff to impress people they don't even really like. Yeah, you know, that they can't
0: afford to impress people. They do Yeah,
1: buy. yeah, it's that yeah. same mindset, man. When it comes to, when it comes to, you know, wanting to impress each other and our careers. But it's also harmful because if you don't get that <clears throat> position, if you don't network and move up, you don't have an olive branch to extend to anybody else to help get them up. So yeah. all that pride that you're harboring you know, and, and not reaching out and not networking and not using whether it's your dad's name, your cousin's name, anybody's name, whatever it is that you're not using to pull up is also impacting all of the people that you would be able to bring up with you. And so I think it's stupid, man, you know, use your name. If your name stinks, then don't use it. Like, yeah, if your, if your dad's name is garbage, definitely right john you know david or whatever it is but if your dad's denzel washington we're talking about acting certainly you put washington I, I, I wouldn't even put my name i put denzel washington's son
0: for sure man
1: that would be it and yeah. then i'll put my own name after that
0: yeah man and, and I, I might say this every episode but you just touched on like networking and bringing other people up i i'll say it to, if i can't speak anymore right networking, networking is about helping the other person and if we could all help one another we'd be thriving as, as a group and, and i think the other thing it's just funny because like you, you think about um like being how you're raised your group of friends like like the, the thing to do is to score on one another right so like for whatever yeah. reason if somebody uses their name or you get the silver spoon like you, you're you gonna clown within your circle which is ridiculous like it starts from up top. We got to change that narrative. You could talk about somebody's shoes. We could talk about how bad your jump shot is, but us thriving needs to start being celebrated, man. There, there's it. people who think that there's more pride in going out on the corner to sell work because you're doing it on your own than going to get a nine to five at Walmart and getting it honest because like, Oh, look at you at Walmart. Like, that's, yeah. that's the problem there, man. It's like, Hey, and we could start lifting one another up. Like a lot of the predicaments that we find ourselves in, I don't think we would see ourselves in, and and like that, yeah. that bothers me. And when I read that thing about Denzel Washington's son, I just thought, oh man, like
1: yeah, yeah, you're you're right, man. It's it's twofold too. Like we we do need to celebrate that in the community, and people get people are gonna get made fun of, bro. You know, Shaquille O'Neal is a three four time NBA champion. MVP has made half a billion dollars, and people still rip on him on Twitter and everything else. At a certain point, you got to get past that, man, and and not dwell on the jokes and let that steer your life. So that's that's a part of it. But the second thing of it, man, is you're talking about community wealth and community growth, and you know where are you buying from? You know who are you supporting? Why? Why does this person have to choose between going to war- work at Walmart, you know, a, a place that's, you know, people are, are alleging I'm not a part of their of their infrastructure to be able to tell. But the allegation is that they don't really care about you moving up. <laughs> they don't really care about you having opportunities. You know, they're worried about themselves, you know, the Walton family and that. As long as they're handled, they're not really worried about much else why why have we done such a job in our communities that unless you're on that corner selling work the only other opportunity you have is working for them for crumbs it's like yo man we could really be building up some things inside of you know the community inside of our inner cities you know keeping resources and economic structure tight but because we're not doing that that makes it tough, man. I just uh, had an agreement with, uh, with a guy out of Kentucky, and uh, his family, they now own 13 Metro PCS stores and are looking into restaurants. So mm-hmm. all the decisions they make are as a family. Yeah. Yo, that's because they decided as a family, we're not spending our money on these other things. We're going to build one to make another, to make another, to make another to make another. I have a buddy out here that owns a, uh, a Jets pizza. Some of you guys may have never even heard of Jets pizza. Makes them $315,000 a year. That's yes. that's, a, that's being a cardiologist. That's a cardiologist salary on flipping pizzas. And he's absentee, doesn't even have to work there. And so how does that happen? Because the family, you know, build something, they get one that leads to another, at leads to another. That leads to another it's those sort of things man that if we did you know it would I think it would tremendously you know help our communities and take away from the you know why do I why do I need to stand on a corner and potentially be away from my child the next 15 years over you know soliciting yeah. something versus I can make just as much off of pepperoni and cheese
0: facts and and, I man, we could get into it. We could have a whole podcast on itself, and maybe we will, about generational wealth and how that how that impacts and, and why people get to where they are. But actually something you said that I'm curious about is, like, hey, you've been dealing with, with settling franchisees and, and seeing a bunch of different families, different backgrounds. Has it been pretty diverse? Have you dealt with people of all different cultures and backgrounds?
1: Uh, most of the people that I have a conversation with, Now we could say diverse as in some are Italian and some are German and some are are French and some are English, but 90% of them are white as we traditionally say white and or Jewish. Um, The brand that I'm with currently, uh, the last two agreements that uh, I played, last three, one, the guy was black, the woman, the next woman was middle eastern and the next person was uh black as well and so and our brand there is a lot of diversity and we take a lot of pride in that uh we're actually pretty intentional with it i i couldn't share the details but we're 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 partnering with a uh with a group that's going to make a pretty strong um play toward bringing in a lot more minority franchisees and so there are brands that are that are pushing for that, but generally speaking, man, it's going to be white or Middle Eastern. You know, those are those are the two groups that are primarily going to be buying up most of the the franchise agreements, and I would say the majority of that is going to be white. And now that isn't because that isn't because you know, from a franchise standpoint, that we don't that that groups don't want more minorities. Certainly, certainly they do. Is that when you're talking about generational wealth and you're talking about, you know, the ability to get into a location, you know, some of these build outs are like two million dollars, man. You know, if you're talking about building out a Wendy's or something like that with a drive through, you're talking about two million dollars and about two years of wait time that you're investing that money into without seeing a, a return on. And to get that loan, you probably have to have 300, 400,000 liquid and a million in assets. People in our community, generally speaking, don't have that. So you can't get into that world because you don't have the wealth to even start one, you know. And so you have to start from somewhere else and build it up where some of these other families, they have it, you know, and they've they've worked themselves uh they they have a location which leads to another which leads to another which now they have you know 80 locations of something and they're uh you know multi-unit master franchisee and so there's uh there there are plenty of franchises that would love to have black people uh as a part of their their franchisee family but from a financial standpoint generally speaking it's not there
0: okay so you, you lost me at 2 million for a Wendy. That's, that's a lot. And considering all the, all the record records that you got to have. Yeah, man. Hey, now that I'm, I'm in the, the restaurant business a little bit more heavily, I've heard salad works is one of the more, um, affordable, like, like it's people can get in and, and they can make yeah, a absolutely. difference. What, what's it look like to get there, um, to get in with salad works.
1: It's don't get me wrong, man. It is still expensive. Um, but you have to have 125 liquid. Now that liquid could uh, have retirement as a part of it, you know, your 401k, IRAs, different equities and things like that, plus obviously what's in your bank account. So a lot of the uh, people in our community that are retiring might have, you know, that available. And then a net worth of 350, so, you know, which combines also what you have liquid so yeah man it's it's very affordable as compared to many of these other concepts the other thing you know while i'm plugging salad works here a little bit uh it's not nearly as involved from an operating standpoint we have you know no hoods greasers fryers so if any of you guys ever worked in restaurants you know how involved that is you know, from a operating standpoint, but also from a construction and build-out standpoint. You know, our build-outs started about $210,000 with uh, AUVs that are clearing eight and a half, $100,000 a year. Wait, top four so, doing 1.2 million. So
0: yeah,
1: yeah it's, a, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty good model, which is why things are going very well for me during this uh, pandemic.
0: Wait, so to a novice, AKA myself, if you have no idea what it takes to get in, why is it important that you're, that you're evaluating like um, the construction needs? What is the AUV? Like basically break down why that, what you just said is so great. And and
1: yeah. So uh, whenever you have a location, you have to, you know, whenever you get a lease, you have to build out the restaurant inside. That's on you, they don't just say, Hey, you know, you want to have a restaurant with us. All right. We're going to buy all your equipment. We're going to, you know, take care of your ventilation. We're going to, you know, design the whole place and build it out for you. No, that's on the franchisee. And depending on what kind of restaurant you're going with, that gets more and more expensive. You know, if if you have a place that is going to have fire, you know, if you're going to be, you know, cooking chicken and brisket and steak and things like that, like you would see at a Chipotle, there's a certain type of hood system that you have to have over that by law you know, a type one hood, there's also a type two hood for other kind of uh, steam uh, items that you would have. So depending on how your restaurant is designed, your build out costs, you know, could go up and up. But the thing of it is is that just because your build out cost is high doesn't mean that your food cost, or sorry, I shouldn't say food cost because that's that's a different term, but your sales are going to be high, right? And so you want something that's going to maximize sales and cost you the less to get uh, the least to get into. And so that's really where, where I've been you know, selling our brand and making our bread and butter. You know, there's, there's concepts out there that'll say, Hey, you know, you can make $1.5 million with us. And it's true. It'll just take you two years to open and it'll cost you two and a half million dollars to get into it. I say, Hey, It will cost you a max of five hundred thousands to get into five hundred thirty-four thousand to get into a salad work, probably closer to that $400,000 range, and you'll be making, you know, generally our AUVs are going to be in the mid eight hundreds to nine hundred thousand. So that's that's a two to one sales to build out ratio, which is which is fantastic, man. And And what's the AUV? uh, Average units volume. Okay. So it's, you know, you take all of your locations and they'll say, you know, if we average all of those, where is it at? Now, that doesn't mean, that's, that's what the Federal Trade Commission, if the Federal Trade Commission listens to this podcast, that doesn't mean what <laughs> any individual stores are doing. You could have stores doing like 1.6 million a year or something like that. And that could be, you know, part of your top quartile. But as far as the average units volume, that's going to be eight and a half uh, $100,000. So,
0: okay. Okay. Um,
1: you gotta be careful. You gotta be careful that federal trade commission. They like to try to get after your boy.
0: Definitely. So, all right, Josh, you, you've done a little bit of everything, man. You went through teaching, you've seen a bunch of different organizations. Um, man, we, we always end the show this way. Uh, what's something in your career that you wish somebody would have told you, maybe they did and you just didn't listen and you had to learn the hard way
1: yeah man uh i I, i'll tell you this there are things that i wish i would have pursued earlier if i'm only thinking from a financial standpoint Mm -hmm. so getting in with a company early you know uh finding a mentor that's going to look out for you you know so at at my age i could easily be a vp of you know a, a a franchise organization or pretty much any kind of organization i'm not because my tenure in this space has only been you know three years or so but you know I'm, I'm moving up fast i'm i'm not sweating about it the reason i say i don't regret it though man is that the positions that i had before you know i was a youth pastor in uh in hastings michigan yeah, the, the years that I had with those kids, man, invaluable. And uh being a teacher, although it did not pay much, the years that I have with those people are invaluable. So I, I'm kinda like uh, you know, try seek wisdom. Listen to what people are telling you, pay attention to your mentors. I paid uh great attention to my mentors, so I don't I don't really have many regrets from that standpoint, but trust the road that God has you on. You know, there's a lot of ups and downs and some people can look at him negatively, but you know to to take it to take it to scripture where you know you know my heart is you think about the story of Joseph, you know Joseph is a guy uh, who was thrown into a pit by his brothers, uh, sold over to Potiphar's house, was a slave there, you know falsely accused, put into prison uh you know even tried to help out help out his buddies in there and they didn't the one didn't look out for him initially, but eventually that led to him being second in command of of all of Egypt. And so I just feel like God has a plan for you, man. Keep your focus on God. That's the only uh, – that's really my best advice, man, for any of you guys. Keep your focus on the Lord. Do right by people, and things seem to work themselves out.
0: If, if you didn't catch any of the gems that Josh laid out today, rewind that 15 seconds here. That That's it. Uh, <laughs> Josh, somebody's inspired to buy a salad works here right now. Man, how do they find you? What, what's what's your LinkedIn name? What do they need to do?
1: Hit me up on LinkedIn, Joshua Liggins, email J J L I G G I N S at SaladWorks.com. I'd be happy to help you. Yep.
0: Oh, and there you have it. Another, another great episode, Josh. We appreciate,
1: appreciate it. it. And, and I gotta say, man, I appreciate everything you're doing, bro. Legacy is more is going to the top, man. Uh, what you're doing as it continues to grow is going to be one of the most impactful things to the Black community, bro. And I think it'll even transcend the Black community uh, and, and help all communities, man. Because uh, what you're doing is rich, man. And uh, keep pressing on, bro. Hey,
0: I appreciate it. Keep uplifting one another. Remember, we are powerful. We are enough. We can make a difference. And we will overcome. Legacy is more. Thank okay. okay. you.